Hi friends, welcome to the Psyche Mental Wellbeing Podcast with me, your host, Hannah. On the show, I'm joined each episode by an amazing guest to have an honest conversation, share our real life experiences and tackle stigma and misconceptions around mental health along the way. We believe that everyone would benefit from focusing a little more on their mental well-being, and we're here to support you to do just that. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope you enjoy the show. Hello friends and welcome back. This is going to be short and sweet, my intro and outro, because as you can possibly hear, I am a bit croaky, uh, just a cold, nothing else, nothing uh, more serious than that, but still feeling a bit ugh, and um, yeah, my voice is uh, a bit vocally challenged today, so I'm going to keep this short and sweet and just start by saying a massive thank you to Chris, who joined us last week. I really hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did, and I'm really excited to share today's conversation with Melissa with you. So yeah, let's dive in, and I will be back super quickly for once (laughs) um, at the end. Hi everyone, and I'm really happy to welcome today's guest to the podcast, Melissa. So Melissa, welcome, and if you could tell us a little bit about yourself, that'd be fab. Yeah, thank you, Hannah. I'm excited to be here. I'm coming to you from sunny Arizona, and I'm a wife. I'm a mom. We've got a 13-year-old and 11-year-old, and I am, you know, shuttling them all over, but I'm also a holistic health and life coach, and I help women become calm, confident, and healthy because a few years ago, that was not my case, and so I'm taking where I came from and what I learned and really helping other women who are where I was because I believe that's how we we grow and we change and we learn is in community and with one another. So it's a little bit about me and what I do. So ask anything. <laughs> yeah, amazing. And it's for a change. I'm in sunny UK. Um, It's kind of, well, it's warm and sunny, but not Arizona warm and sunny, I would imagine. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> There's different levels, right? <laughs> yeah, it's like UK sunny, which probably, yes. you know, it's very different to Arizona sunny. Um, but you'll take it. <laughs> yeah, take it. Like, Brits, honestly, once it gets into the high, like the teens in degrees um, degree C, not even Fahrenheit, in the teens, and we're like, you know, shorts, T-shirts, because we are making the most of any warmth. And it's in, the tw- it's in the 20s today. So you got to write it, girl. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> thank you yeah, so much for, for joining us. And I know you sort of mentioned a little bit there about you're helping people who are kind of on the same journey that you were on. And, and if you're happy to share, I always love to hear a little bit of people's stories and sort of how they get to where they are now. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I think my kind of defining moment, if you will, was about 13 years ago. No, it was 11 years ago because our son was a newborn and he wasn't sleeping. And our daughter was two and had some sensory challenges and undiagnosed food intolerances. My husband was traveling for work. And I was an overwhelmed, exhausted, angry mom. And I had just gotten a PTSD diagnosis as well. So all of these moving pieces and it was like, okay, what do, what do I do with this information? We need to change our daughter's food. We need to figure out my health. We need to figure out how to get our son to sleep so we could get some sleep. And so that process led me to meet with a naturopath and she took my vitamin and mineral levels and everything was not good because I was living off of sugar and um, just a lot of carbs and um, not eating really real food, I guess. Um, And so she gave me a bunch of supplements and that helped a lot. I was also meeting with 
um, a therapist at the time. So we kind of worked through the trauma. Um, and then I learned about the food intolerances with my daughter. So we changed our diet and I started to feel even better. So the supplements helped, the, the counseling helped, the food changes helped. And then we started eating more whole foods and I started to exercise. And all of that was just like, oh my goodness, this has such an impact, not only on physical health, but mental and emotional health. And more people need to know about it because I had no idea, Hannah. I was you know, living off of sugar and caffeine and carbs to try to get through the day and to feel good. And it was making me worse and I didn't realize it. So that's a little bit of my story. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. And it's, um, it's always funny, the timing of conversations on the podcast, because it's something I know, but I'm definitely in a period at the moment where, uh, it's like the summer holidays and all the nice food, right. Mm-hmm. is the sugary carby stuff. <laughs> and I have been enjoying myself for a couple of weeks and I am feeling it at the moment. You know, I am feeling lethargic and I'm like, Oh, what, what is that energy at the moment? Because it just feels, ugh. But so I think it's great timing that we're having this conversation because I'm sort of feeling, I am imagine probably not sort of the, the scale of what you were feeling, um, but, you know, the, from definitely from the, the food impact, feeling the impact of that. So for, for myself and anyone else listening, <laughs> feeling that, how, how do we start to make changes? Well, I think there's a couple of things because the other part of my story, I guess, Hannah, that I neglected was that. I was also using food to kind of stuff my feelings because I didn't know there was just so much inside that I didn't know how to feel those feelings. I didn't know how to admit that I was overwhelmed, that I was stressed, that I was exhausted, that I really wasn't happy because we have this picture of, oh, you know, you have the house, the white picket fence, the 2.5 kids, the dog, and everything is great. Well, everything wasn't great for me. And so I think there was some guilt and shame around that. And I used the sugar to kind of try to push those feelings. So I think if someone is in that place, the first thing to do is maybe ask, what am I using food for? Am I using it for fuel? Am I using it for nourishment? Am I using it to stuff or to avoid or to maybe feel better? What, what is, what is the purpose of me eating this? I think that's a really great starting point. Um, And along with that is replacing judgment with curiosity, because I think we're really quick to judge ourselves and, you know, oh, I shouldn't have eaten that. That was bad. That was good. Well, it's not. It's it's just food, but it's what we do with it and how we judge it and the meaning that we assign it. So I think really getting curious and maybe asking, why did I eat that in that moment? What was I looking for? That can be really powerful. And then I think the third thing is maybe keep a food and mood journal. You know, a lot of people maybe don't associate eating certain foods and maybe taking away their energy or making them crabby. So maybe start a journal of what you're eating and how it's impacting your mood. And then you can kind of have this beautiful big picture and connect the dots on how foods impact you because we're all different and what works for one doesn't work for all. So it's really important to learn to tap into your body and not everybody else's and what everybody tells you to do. Yeah. And I love that food and mood because often we can, if we're trying to be more mindful of what we're eating, we can maybe track our food. And then if we're you know, thinking about our emotions and our mood, we might track that, but to track both, because like you said, they have such a big impact. And I definitely, I'm, mm, I'd like to say better at this, but I am an emotional eater and I, I definitely <laughs> comfort eat as well. So I'm boredom eat and all of the things. So it's, um, I was too, I get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So 
had a quite I feel like I had a question but is it's gone it'll come just, back if it's meant it was, to <laughs> Well, and you've just given us some uh, some brilliant tips for, you know, for um, what we can do. I guess we've sort of talked a little bit about some of the, the different reasons why we might be, um, I was going to say eating, but we're eating anyway to survive, hopefully, <laughs> but, yep. but where it can maybe become a little bit, um, maybe not disordered because that maybe has a different meaning, but maybe, maybe a little bit of that. Um, but what are the sort of challenges that people might face if they're trying to be more conscious and, and you know, to kind of think about their, uh, their well-being and what they eat? What are some of the challenges that we might kind of face? Well, I think the first one you mentioned, right, like food is one of those things that we need it. We can't just say, OK, I'm going to be done eating like that doesn't serve anybody. So I think food is like this thing where we we know that we need it, but maybe we don't know what kind we need or how much we need or when we need it. So I think, you know, that can become a challenge because we need food to survive. Like that's a fact. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of navigating what kind of foods do I need? What does my body need? How does this work for me? Cause I think we've been really taught to listen to everybody else around us. We've been taught to follow the latest diet. We've been taught to follow this or that and not listen to ourselves. And so I think one of the greatest challenges is really learning to listen to your body and honor that hunger and fullness and understands, understand what foods work for you with your mood and your energy and really make you feel your best. I think that's a big challenge. I think the other challenge is we live in a society where we thrive off of fast food and sugar. I mean, it's everywhere. It's readily available and it's not always the healthiest. And so if you're taking a stand and kind of choosing a different way, there's that resistance at first because you're used to doing something a certain way. And so how do you now go to the birthday party and maybe not have two pieces of cake or go to the barbecue and have seconds? Like how do you navigate kind of this new way of being? I think those are two, two challenges that people face. I think the, the fast food one is, um, I find that when I am not organized, <laughs> that is when often things can get derailed because I, I haven't taken the time to like plan and prepare and and then if you're feeling kind of busy with other things then often it's I just need something to eat now and what are the kind of things that are readily available often not healthy <laughs> not the healthiest best things they're the, the high energy um high fat high sugar things yeah yeah you're right yeah. I mean, do you have any, um, I mean, already so much great advice. Thank you. <laughs> do you have any sort of practical strategies that, you know, if we don't have much time or we're just, you know, trying to be more mindful and more health conscious of, you know, that we, that we can try. Yeah. I think the first thing, and this is, um, a really good practice and it, it, it might feel time consuming at first, but after a while you'll get used to it is really read the labels, understand the ingredients of what the foods, what is in the foods that you're putting in your body and how it affects you. I think that's a big one. Um, I think the other thing is if you could take maybe 30 minutes to an hour on a weekend and plan out your week and plan out your meals and do your shopping according to that, that can really alleviate that stress during the week and that crunch of, oh my goodness, I'm starving. I need something to eat. What do I have? Um, I've gotten into the practice of on the weekends, looking at our week and kind of figuring out what we have. And that kind of dictates the meals. Like if we have a commitment in the evening, we'll do a, a crock pot meal or we'll do, um, 
something leftovers, you know, like I think just having that plan, like you mentioned, can be really helpful as well. Um, so that might be another thing that would be helpful. And I think the other thing is to stay hydrated because water impacts our mood a lot as well. And I think a lot of times we think that we're hungry and we're actually thirsty. So just make sure that you're staying hydrated because our bodies need the hydration and impacts brain and organs and so many pieces of our body for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, I have been doing all right on that. Yeah, uh, every time I go into the kitchen now I'm like glass of water and and um you know and I have a dog so he makes me go in the kitchen quite a lot because he's like is it food time now is it treat time so he's a treat I have a drink of water um good girl <laughs> <laughs> so we talked about food we talked about our water and and you mentioned that you are a holistic and, and life coach so what does that mean in terms of how you work with people how does it all kind of come together yeah that's a great question so really I think a lot of times, Sienna, we want to look at one piece of the puzzle, right? So if somebody um, comes to me and maybe they they want support around the emotional eating or they want support with weight loss, they'll tend to focus on the food. But underneath that is usually a bigger issue that needs to be addressed. And so we really look at the whole picture. We look at what's going on in their life, what's going on in their situation and maybe why they're doing that. And we really change that, that behavior. We change that why rather than, okay, why don't you try to eat this way? Or why don't you try to not eat after this time? Or why don't you try this? It's really kind of doing more of that inner mindset work to change our beliefs and our habits. Cause that's where the transformation happens. So really kind of getting to that root cause and figuring that out and finding a new way for them to go forward. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you. And then and when, we um again we talked about we talked about food but when we're talking about working holistically are there more dimensions to it than than purely the kind of the food and and the mood stuff are there other things that come into that as well yeah absolutely your lifestyle is a big part of it um you know I think a lot of times if we're unhappy in an area of our life whether it be where we live or maybe a relationship or family dynamic um, finances that comes up in other areas. And so it's really kind of looking at that big whole picture and figuring out how can we make all of these pieces fit, fit together and make this beautiful puzzle that you want to have. Like, how do you have that life that you want, whether it's, you know, around food or um, weight or health or sugar or family, like it's just looking at that whole picture because they're all interconnected. You can't you know, they, they all impact each other. And I think we have been taught to compartmentalize and not integrate them. And we really need to focus on that integration because they're so impactful and they do make a big impact. And do you find that with um, the people you work with that for most people, it is a bit of everything, or there are some people that are like, no food is that that's completely like, we're, we're all over that. That's fine. Whereas for everyone, it's like, they might think they're fine in an area, but when you start working with them, it kind of comes up. Oh, <laughs> I'm not so fine in that area. Absolutely. Like everybody comes in thinking it's the food, right? Um, and then we do a little bit of work and they're like, oh, it's not really the food. It's this um, belief that I have from my childhood, or it's this thing that happened, or it's this or that. And we really kind of work through that. Um, so it's, it's never really about the food. The food is just how it, it presents itself. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think it's, um, I don't know, such a big thing, isn't it, for so many people. I don't know that I know anyone really that doesn't have something, uh, you know, around food. I don't know if you if you know people who have like... We all do. And I think it's because we all have things that we 
haven't worked through or we haven't gotten, you know, the healing from or whatnot. And so I think that, that until you do that and you change, you know, that, that relationship with yourself, your relationship with your food, your relationship with that hurt, it's not really going to change because it is a relationship. It's a relationship with our body, with food, with ourselves, but we haven't been taught to think of it that way. It's been, I need food to lose weight or I need food to make me feel good. Or so it's just kind of rethinking food. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and you mentioned about, and I think it's something that we sort of like to talk about on the podcast often about that relationship with our, with ourselves. Do you have any sort of top tips for how we can improve that relationship with ourselves? I think slowing down and learning to listen to and trust yourself is really powerful. Um, along, you know, kind of the fast food that we were speaking of earlier, I think that our society and culture is just go, go, go but there's power in the pause. And I think if you can really kind of step back and get quiet, um, you know, maybe even just spend five to 10 minutes a day just to have like some time to journal, to think, to reflect, and just have time to be quiet. It can be really powerful. And I think that we don't have that in our society. I think we don't value that. I think we feel like we're lazy or we're not productive and that's not really how our bodies were designed at all. (laughs) So I think, you know, just creating that time for yourself to slow down and listen is really, really, really helpful. I love the power in the pause. (laughs) I borrowed it from a friend. It's not original. So cricket shout out to you. If you listen to this, (laughs) (laughs) because yeah, it's great. Isn't it? Power in the pause. Um, Melissa, I mean, this is all fab stuff and I have loads of other questions that can pop into my head, but, um, Do you have um, a final thought on, you know, holistic health, on food, on mood, on life in general, before I ask you my set questions? I just want people to know that change is possible. Like, I think we maybe feel stuck or we feel like we can't do something, but we can, we really can. And I'm living proof of that because I grew up eating, you know, carbs and sugar and hiding sweet treats in my room at eight. And if I can work through that, and overcome that by doing the work and kind of changing the mindset and the relationship with my food and myself and, and diving into those past hurts. I think anybody can. And so I just want people to know that you don't have to stay stuck and you can change. And sometimes we just have to take a different perspective. I mean, that's what I had to do. I had to take a completely different approach and that's really kind of what changed things for me. So I think there's power, not only in the pause, but in being open-minded and being curious as well. Yeah, absolutely. And curious is one of my buzzwords. Um, so I love that. That's, that's Isn't that. it great? <laughs> it's great. It's great. It's one of my core values, actually, uh, curiosity. Um, and actually, speaking of core values, my first question I ask everyone is another one of my buzzwords. Um, and it is uh, what brings you joy in your life? What brings me joy, honestly, is peace and quiet. And I know that probably sounds bizarre, but I have gotten into the practice, Hannah, of getting up even on the weekends, like my body just does it now, which is amazing. Like just a few hours before my family, maybe an hour and a half, but just enough time to have that peace and quiet and to, you know, wake up and have my hot lemon water and to drink my coffee and to journal and just really start my day off, not feeling rushed. That brings me joy. (laughs) Kind of sets the tone for the whole day. 
Yeah. It sounds amazing. <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah. uh, but so it wasn't always, let me tell you, because I was the snooze 10 times girl. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm definitely in a snooze season at the moment. <laughs> so, <Yep. laughs> fab. So my, my next question is what makes life meaningful for you? Gosh, I think what makes life meaningful for me is knowing that I have a purpose and a plan and that my past hurts and what I worked through that was so hard at the time is serving a greater purpose and helping other people. So I think that that makes it meaningful. And I think raising my family differently than the way that I was raised and just having a different approach um, and knowing that I don't have to do things the way that I maybe always did or was taught. um, I think that makes life meaningful too. Brilliant. Thank you for that. My next two questions are around our overarching topic on the podcast, which is mental okay. well-being, mental wellness. Uh, so the first one is what does mental wellness mean to you? Mental wellness to me means being mentally well and having um, clear thoughts and really not beating yourself up. I think it's having grace and compassion for yourself. I think it's um, knowing that you are loved and that you matter and living from that place and not um, the place where I used to be, where I thought that I didn't matter and that I wasn't worth taking care of and I was unlovable and there was just a lot of shame and guilt. And so I think it's really operating from a, a mindset of I matter, I have value and I have something to share with the world. I think that's, that's really important for people to know that they have value and they matter and the world needs what they have. Yeah, absolutely. And then my follow-up is always for yourself, how you look after your mental well-being. I get up early. <laughs> That's a big <laughs> thing. Um, and I think too, listening to my body and what it needs, I'm, you know, I exercise a few times a week because that helps with the mental health. I don't exercise because I like it. I don't at all. Um, I really sh- strive like to be mindful with what I'm giving my time and energy to, whether it's um, reading, doing personal development, listening to podcasts, um, in the last year or so, I've really tried to limit my, my time on social media because it feels a little toxic sometimes. Um, so I think just being aware of what brings me joy and what effect, what impacts my mental health has really been something that I've had to be intentional with, especially over the last year. Yeah. Brilliant. Thank you so much for sharing those. And, um, yeah, I think being intentional and, you know, cause often we're not, are we <laughs> slip into habits or routines or all that kind of stuff. Um, my next question is sometimes a bit of a challenge. So we'll see. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how would you describe your own mindset? My own mindset. I think my own mindset is curious. I think it's, um, resilient. I think it's a growth mindset. It's an open mindset. I think those are not words that I would have used to describe me a few years ago, honestly. So it's just what coaching and therapy and personal development can really do. Um, I think that, that my mindset is, is healthier than it's ever been, which is really encouraging. Um, I think it's compassionate. I think it's, yeah, I think it's all those things. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. So that's an amazing mindset. <laughs> Thank you. It's been a work in progress, girl. Let me tell you, it's taken a long time to get here because yeah. I didn't know, right? Like I didn't know that that was the, the, I think I didn't know that was where the limiting beliefs came from was the mindset. So I tried to change everything else 
And that was the last thing. And I'm like, oh, this is the main thing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 Um, My, yeah. (laughs) Just, yeah. Um, (laughs) My next question is my favorite one to ask because I'm curious. Um, And I think already we've given people loads of great takeaways and and loads of great advice. Um, But I always always ask guests that come on to leave us with between one and three top tips of things that we could try in our life, just general, general tips that could have a massive impact. And obviously everyone's an individual. They might not work for everyone, but if you have a top one to three things that you would recommend that we try out. Yeah, I think give yourself time. Um, and it doesn't have to be in the morning. Like if you're a night owl, you know, maybe just give yourself that time in the evening, um, to kind of decompress. Maybe it's the middle of the day, but just give yourself time to be quiet (laughs) and sit in that pause and just see what happens, you know, just give yourself that space to kind of breathe. Um, I think that's a big thing. I think understanding how foods impact you and your mood and your body and your energy, that can be really powerful. So if you aren't aware of that, maybe consider trying that food and mood journal. Um, And I think other thing is just know that you matter and that you're worth taking care of, regardless of what anybody says, you matter, you're worth taking care of, and you have value. And when you live from that place, I think it changes a lot of things. So those are my three tips. Yeah, perfect. Thank you so much for those. Um, my next question is like a recommendation question. So I love to read, also love TED Talks. Uh, so do you have a book or a TED Talk recommendation of something that's been really impactful in your life that you'd recommend that we check out? Yeah, I love the book, The Slight Edge. I can't remember the author of it right now. It's on my table downstairs. I'm reading it again. Um, but it's so good because it talks about how the big changes that happen in life happen from those small events. I think so many times we think that in order to have this big transformation, we have to go do this big dramatic thing, but it's really those small hinges that open the wide door. So the slight edge is a great book that just solidifies that those small things that we do every day are really kind of what creates our life. Amazing. I've not, have I heard of it? I don't think I've heard of that one. So thank you. I always it's love good. <laughs> Yeah, I always love recommendations, although I have way too many books already. <laughs> you probably do. You're like me. You've got cases full. <laughs> I can't see them. I've got this only half of them up here. But um okay. there's a there's a saying, I don't know where it's from, but this idea that buying books and reading books are two different like hobbies. Like <laughs> I sort of get them. And then sometimes, sometimes I do feel a bit sad. Like I can't read them all now. Like <laughs> just <laughs> anyway. Um, I, yeah. I feel that too. And I can't read more than one at a time. I've tried that and I get confused. So I have to like really focus on the one. <laughs> yeah, I, I can sometimes depending, it depends on the type of book. So some yeah. that are more like, um, not necessarily like an anthology type thing, but some that I can kind of dip in and, and pick up a bit on. Um, so I've been reading a few like collections of essays. And actually, I think some of them when they're like, similar theme I'm like well I don't need to read any more of these at the moment because it's really similar to the last one in this book I need a bit of something else for a while and then I can come back to it and it I think that's it I they're my set questions that I've been asking for a long time apart from my final one which I'll get to and then I've had one that I've kind of sporadically thrown in I started throwing it in and then I've sort of dropped it for the last couple but I'm gonna ask it for all you. right go ahead <laughs> <laughs> so and it's maybe a challenge because one thing one thing Uh, So what is one thing that would make the world a better place? I think if people were more curious and less judgmental. Yeah, I absolutely agree. (laughs) Yeah. We can understand why people feel and think the way they do about things. 
and we could understand their perspective and then we could have compassion, empathy and respond in love rather than judgment because we don't know the whole story. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Brilliant. Thank you so much for that. And thank you for everything that you've shared. You've been so generous with your time and your knowledge and your experience. So thank you so much for that. Um, well, thank you for having me. I've loved talking with you. I feel like we yeah. could do this for hours. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and my, so my final question is uh, where people can connect with you if they're interested in working with you, just where, where you are, where they can find you. Yeah, my website is free, the number two, the letter B, coaching.com. So free to be coaching.com. And um, Instagram is free to be underscore coaching. Facebook is happy, healthy mama. So those are the three main places. Awesome. Well, yeah, we'll absolutely share it in the show notes so people can find you nice and easy from there. Um, and yeah, again, thank you so much for, for everything. It's been great fun. Well, thank you for doing this. I think it's a very important topic and much needed. So thank you, Hannah. So a massive thank you to Melissa for joining us and for everything that she shared with us so graciously today. I hope that you uh, enjoyed the episode, that you've had a good week. If you have enjoyed it, I would love it if you would share the show with someone else who you think would also enjoy it. And also consider subscribing if you don't already so that the episodes will just magically appear wherever you listen to them uh, and rating and reviewing wherever you listen. Um, Yeah, it just helps us reach more people and to kind of spread the message and the vibe that we have going on here. So that would be awesome. But I really appreciate you joining us for listening, for supporting the show. Um, I, what I should mention is I do also have a couple of spaces available for people who are interested in working with me. I mentioned last week about the support around neurodiversity, so people who are um, autistic or uh, have ADHD and that kind of thing. So offering support with processing, all of that experience, identity, uh, finding your superpowers, managing challenges you have in your life, all that kind of stuff. Specifically, I support people with neurodiversity and mental well-being, but also generally, if they are things that you think, I really want to figure out for myself that who I am, what my superpowers are, what makes me awesome, how I can manage these things that I find challenging in my life, then awesome, get in touch. As I said, I have three spaces available and I always start with a discovery session because I really believe you have to find the right coach, the right counsellor, the right whoever you're working with for you. And it may be me, it might not be me. And I'm always going to be upfront and say if I if I don't think it's quite right. So if you're interested in that kind of coaching, mentoring, support type offer, then get in touch. Um, you can find information and contact me information on my website, www.psykepsykhe.co.uk, where you will also find podcast related stuff. You can um, apply to be a guest on the show if you'd like to come on and share your experience as well, all of that kind of stuff. But that is it for me today. Um, I haven't listened back to hear how croaky I really sound. Maybe it's quite a cool husky radio voice, um, but probably not worth it to try and maintain. But I hope you have a good week. I will be back next week with another episode for you. And until then, as always, take care of yourself, be kind to yourself, and I will speak to you soon. Bye for now. Hold up. 